Kings. Second Kings. We'll start in chapter 18 tonight. Candace Hammond's little boy, Colin, prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior this week. And we praise the Lord for that. And uh, she had a big smile on her face when I saw her tonight. So we praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to be looking at here at 2 Kings chapter 18. And uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we'll look at this passage tonight. Uh, this, this is a passage that I actually preached from before, a different message. Uh, I preached it about four years ago. I think it might have been my last sermon here before I, uh, before I went off staff here. Uh, but the Lord's directed my heart to it tonight in the, in the matter of praying. And I uh, want the Lord to show us some things to be a help to us tonight. Father... As we come together for your word, Lord, we know how much we need you. And uh, Lord, as we look over our list tonight, there are a lot of very challenging needs. There are needs, Lord, that man has kind of held up his hands and said, I can't do anything else. And there are some where they're trying to do everything that they possibly can. But, Lord, we realize, we realize the greatest one that can help us is you. And so we've, we've got a list tonight that we want to present before you. And I pray that, Lord, you would do what only you can. Be with our children's ministry down the hall and the excitement that they have to be in church tonight. Have a good time and, and uh, learn the word. I pray for our teenagers tonight that you would bless and empower them and help them in the Word of God tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to be a part of God doing something that's only God can do? I think we really want to be a part of that, right? But let's be real about that. If if it can only be God, then there is no way that we can take credit for it. Otherwise, it's not only God. And, and the reality of that is, that's scary. Because suddenly, we're at a place where we can do nothing. You follow me? I, I'm in, you're in a situation where you can't do anything. It's either God or nothing. But I do believe this. I do believe that God can do anything. Amen? So think about this. We've been studying the book of Joshua, right? Joshua led the people across the Jordan River. And when those priests stepped foot in the water, God parted it, right? That's only God, Art. Right? Joshua got no credit for that whatsoever. It's only God. When, when, when Israel was being pursued by Egypt, and they couldn't go back, and all that was ahead of them was the Red Sea, and they're trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do? 
the Lord told Moses, go forward. Well, there's a sea here, Lord. How can I go forward? Well, he lifted up, he lifted up his hand and God parted the water. Moses couldn't get credit for that. That was, that was all God. It was all God. And I'm going to tell you something. When God does something that only God can do, it's miraculous. Amen? And that just causes us to look to the Lord and say, wow, that's my God right there. And God wants to do that in our life. The problem is, is a lot of times we're going to do we're going to do everything we can to work it out the way that we want to work it out. And a lot of times we don't allow God to have room to do what only God can do. And this is a scenario that plays out here in 2 Kings 18 and 19. And the title of my message tonight is simply Hezekiah Prayed. And we're going to read a little bit, so open your Bible. Hold your Bible open. I don't have it on the screen. You're not going to read it on the screen. You're going to have to read it from the Word of God. But I'm going to really let the, Word of, the Holy Spirit interpret for us tonight what needs to be said. Now, here in 2 Kings 18, we're introduced to the king of Judah by the name of Hezekiah. And he comes to reign when he's 25 years old. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. And the Bible says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That was, that was the defining characteristic of his life. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, as we go forward, let's understand this. For us to be in a situation, Alan, for God to do what only God can do, we have to put ourselves in a situation that God can bless. All right? Because if we're just going to choose to live in the hog pen, God's, God doesn't have any reason. I'm not saying that God can't or God won't, but I am saying this, Carrie, that God doesn't have any reason that he has to. To do something that will be a blessing and an incredible thing to us. Now, God can do whatever God wants to do. But Hezekiah put himself in a situation that God could do something incredible in his life and for his people because he chose to do that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And then we get to verses 4 through 8. And you can read it through those verses. I'm just going to highlight some things that are mentioned there. We'll see that Hezekiah removed the high places. He broke the images, the idols that they had. He cut down the groves where they went to worship. He broke in pieces. This is an interesting fact. He broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made because the children of Israel worshipped it. The brazen serpent Moses made, and you remember when he held it up, and if they looked, they would live if they looked at that serpent. And that was a blessed thing in the people of Israel. That was an important thing. And they kept it, but after a while, they began to worship it because God did something 
powerful with that brazen serpent, now suddenly that becomes an idol in their life. And the thing is, is that brazen serpent was used for a specific purpose. Okay, God blessed it. But it was still, it's just a thing without the power of God. Are you with me? It's just a thing. And so it, it, it fulfilled its purpose, but years later they're still worshiping it. As a matter of fact, you'll see that Hezekiah called the serpent Nehushtan, which simply meant a thing of brass. It was just a thing without the power of God. Are you with me? It's just a thing. It didn't, it didn't, it was never meant to become an object of worship. And you think of this, Moses was greatly used of God. And I was thinking about that. I want my life to be greatly used of God. But at the end of the day, I'm just a person, right? I'm just a person. And so was Moses. And I thought about this. The children of Israel were greatly blessed of God, as I believe is, so is Somerville Baptist Church. But we are also just a congregation of people. We're just people. We're just a congregation. So we are, we are nothing without God. My life is nothing without God. This church is nothing without God. So we have to recognize that and realize that God alone is the one that deserves the glory. Now, as we read on verses 4 through 8, Hezekiah, the Bible says, trusted in the Lord. Says he clave unto him, means he stuck close to him. Says that he kept the commandments of God. And he departed not from following the Lord. It says that he smote the Philistines and stood up to the mighty Assyrian empire. And then notice and underline at the beginning of verse number 7, the Bible simply says that the Lord was with him. In 2 Chronicles chapter 31, you'll have to turn there right now, but in verse 21... It said this about Hezekiah, and, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. So he put himself in a position that when he prayed, God was real near. And God heard him, and God did something miraculous. So, Ronnie, every day of our life, how we live our life is going to be important when it comes to the place where we need God to do something impossible. <clears throat> so think about Sunday. We were talking about how, how when Aeneas got up from the bed and, he, and he, walked, he walked because of what Christ did for him and everybody saw him that he was walking and that his life was changed by Jesus, and they turned to the Lord. But then we got over here to Tabitha, and everybody was remembering her because of everything that she had done for them because of Christ in her life. <clears throat> you think about that. And that whole journey, the Lord mentions those people because they had a testimony of pointing everyone else to Jesus Christ. And so, Chris, what do you want people to see when they look at your life? We want them to see Jesus, right? You want to point them to Jesus. 
Now, look with me in verse 10. <coughs> it says, In the sixth year of Hezekiah, the Assyrians overtook the ten tribes of the north, the, king of Israel, the, king, uh, the kingdom of Israel. And it says that he carried them away because they obeyed not the voice of God in verse number 12. They had, a, they had a testimony that they were their kings, their one king after another did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Their testimony was they refused to obey the voice of God. And so this, the Lord allowed the Assyrians to overtake them and carry them away. Now look at verse 13. In the 14th year of Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib took the took the fence cities of Judah. So he's taken Israel, and now he's marching toward Jerusalem, and he's taken some of the fence cities of Judah. And in verses 14 through 17, the Bible says that Hezekiah, he really, what he did is he sought to negotiate with the Assyrian king. <clears throat> but you can't negotiate with Satan. Are you with me? What, what's the phrase? If you give the devil an inch... He'll take two, right? So you cannot negotiate with that which is evil. You, you, you cannot say, well, listen, listen, guys, you cannot say, I can do this as long as I don't do that. I, I remember a young man that I had a close relationship with, and he went off to college, and uh, this is... This is this is what he raised in a very strong Christian home. And he started, he started smoking marijuana. And you, you kind of talked to him about that and said, listen, you don't need to be doing that. He says, nothing wrong with that. I'm not doing cocaine. It wasn't long when he was off at college he did cocaine. And I confronted him about that. He says, it's not like I'm doing crack. Listen, you can't never get to a place with, with the world, with your flesh, with the devil. You can never get to a place where you can say, it's okay if I just do a little bit. If you give the devil just a little bit, he'll take everything that he can get. And he'll even take more. All right? So Hezekiah, he tried to negotiate and said, listen, I've, I've offended. I'll give you all of this. And he gave what was was in his treasury, but he also took from the Lord's treasury, from the Lord's house, and gave it. But Sennacherib, he, he wasn't, he wasn't um, that wasn't enough for him. So you get to verse number 37, uh, or verse 17, I'm sorry, verse 17. We're going to read down to verse 37. And the king of Assyria sent a group of people to Jerusalem to speak to the people of the Jews. Speak to the people of Judah. All right? So let's begin reading in verse 17. And I'm going to read down to verse 37, so just follow along. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan, Rabsaris, and Rabshake from Lachish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem, and when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. 
And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and which is the house of the Lord, and Shebna the scribe, and Joha the son of Asaph the recorder. And Rabshak said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? Thou sayest, but they are but vain words, in parentheses. This is what you say, but it's just vanity. Thou sayest, I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me, the king of Assyria? He says, Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt unto all that trust on him. He's saying you can't trust an alliance with Egypt. And he says in verse 22, But if you say unto me, We trust in the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah hath taken away, and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, Ye shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges to my lord, the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if thou be able on thy part to set riders upon them. Now, Darren, this is what he's telling him. He's saying, you're saying trust in the Lord. And he says, let me tell you what Hezekiah has done. He's taken away your forms of worship. You feel like you can worship God however you want to, wherever you want to. And Hezekiah says, no, you cannot. So he's taken away all those unholy places of worship and forms of worship. And and the king of Assyria's messengers is trying to turn that against Hezekiah. And he's trying to tell the people, listen, don't tell me you're going to trust the Lord when your own leader is is taking away your form of worship. He's trying to get a battle within. He's trying to stir some things up. So then he offers 2,000 horses if if you'll join them. Verse 24, how then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? And I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it. The Lord said unto me, go up against this land and destroy it. Interesting words. Then said Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and Shebna, and Joah, unto Rabshake, speak, I pray thee, to thy servants in the Syrian language. Speak unto us in the Syrian language, your native tongue, for we understand it. And talk not with us in the Jews' language in the ears of the people that are on the wall. But Rabshake said unto them, Hath my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall, that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Then Rabshake said, stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' language and spake, saying, Hear the word of the Lord of the great king, the king of Assyria. 
Understand, they're saying, hey, quiet down. Speak to us in the Syrian language. They didn't want the congregation to hear what they got to say. And the devil wants you to hear what he's got to say. All right? He's wanting to stir you up, and he's wanting to make you afraid, and he's even wanting to turn you against Hezekiah and his stand for the Lord. That is his method. If he can cause a division, he says, I'm not here to speak to Hezekiah and just you. I'm here to speak to the one sitting up there on the wall. I'm here to tell them, don't trust the Lord. So watch. He says, where are we at? 29. Thus saith the king, let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Israel, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his own fig tree, and drink us ye every one the waters of his cistern. Until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of oil, olive, and of honey, and ye may live and not die. And hearken not unto Hezekiah when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and of Arpad? And where are the gods of Sepharaim and Hena and Iva? And have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? Talking about the kingdom of Israel. Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country, that have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? The Bible says the people held their peace. Answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was saying, Answer him not. Turn over with me. I want you to look at 2 Chronicles 32. You've got 2, Chronicle, uh, 2 Kings, then 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles. And I want you to see, they answered not, and here's a reason, because of what Hezekiah had told them. 2 Chronicles 32, verse 7. Or look at verse 6. He says, And he set captains of war over the people, and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city, and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid, nor dismayed. Have you ever heard that phrase before, Thomas? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Have you heard that before? what he told Joshua, isn't it? Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. He says, nor for all, for the king of Assyria. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid, nor dismayed for the king of Assyria. Nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words 
of Hezekiah, king of Judah. That was Hezekiah's message. And Rabshake is trying to scare them. He's trying to say, listen, leave that church, all right? Leave that church. You don't need that church, Michael. Leave that church. Come, come and just worship God the way you want to worship God. Do it how you want to do it. And I'm going to give you everything that you think you have in the Lord right now. I'm the same land that you live in. It's going to be just as good. I'm going to give you the corn you need, the wine you need, the oil that you need. I'm going to give you everything you need. You just need to leave the land that God gave you and come to the land that I want to give you. And the people just... Exactly. They just said nothing. Now go back. Go back to 2 Kings 18. They're done speaking in verse 37. Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe, and Joah the son of Asaph the recorder, to Hezekiah with their clothes rent, and they told him the words of Rabshake. You get to chapter 9 in verse number 1. Following Rabshake's speech, when Hezekiah heard it in verse 1, he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth, and he went into the house of the Lord. And then he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe and the elders of the priest covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said unto him, they, they said unto him Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshake, whom the king of Assyria his master has sent to reproach the living God. And will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, he says, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. And so they prayed. They, Hezekiah believed in prayer. And he goes to the house of the Lord and he sends word to the prophet Isaiah. Pray for us. Pray for us. And the Assyrians are near. They want to take us. Pray for us. Now look at verse number 8. Rabshake returned. He found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed from Lachish. And when he heard say of Terhakah, king of Ethiopia, Behold, he has come out to fight against thee, he sent messengers again unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Wrote in the letter, let not thy God in whom thou trustest deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by destroying them utterly. And shalt thou be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Rezeph and the children of Eden, which were in Delazar? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad and the king of the city of Surveyavim, of Hena and Iva? He mentions all these, all these places, and they all said, our God will deliver us. He says, where is their God? Hezekiah, verse 14. Here we go, right here. Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord. And he spread it before the Lord. 
Think of it like this right here. I got a paper right here with a lot of only God needs. Are you with me? I got a paper here. That we need God to work. And he spread that out before the Lord. In verse 15, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. He said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and Hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. And honesty, he says in verse 7, Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. He's saying they have done what they said that they would do. They've done it everywhere. In verse 18, And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, I beg you, O Lord our God, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. He is saying, here's what he's saying, Alan. He is saying... Lord, they destroy everybody. It's kind of like Israel coming into Canaan's land and everybody hearing how God has done all this stuff for them and they're afraid. And he says, they've destroyed everybody. It's, it's the truth. And he said, I'm coming to you now and I'm asking you for you to do something so that all the people of the earth, everyone can say, that was God. That was God right there. That was God. That's, that's his prayer. And for him to say that, he is saying, this is what he is saying. Dan, this is what he's saying. He is saying, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. What are we going to do, Hezekiah? I've got nothing. We're going to pray. Hello? We're going to pray. And I'm going to give it to the Lord. He he's in the house of the Lord. He spreads that letter out. And he said, God, here it is. This is what they say. This is beyond me. We can't fight them. Either you're going to do something or we're going to go down. That's a... That's a tough place to be. I'm telling you that. That's a tough place to be. Well, look at the next verse. I'm going to wrap up. Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah in verse 20, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, that which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria. He says, what does he say? I heard you. I heard you. He tells Isaiah, he says, you go to Hezekiah and you tell him, I heard your prayer. Let's, let's skip. Go to verse 35. Verse 35. 
And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and four score and five thousand. That is a hundred and eighty-five thousand Assyrians. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. What did the angel of the Lord do? I don't know. I just know God did something. Are you with me? Hezekiah couldn't say, I did that. I'm praying I got a long time to live. Aren't you, Alan? The deacon said, I pray he's got a long time to live. <laughs> but I think it would be pretty cool. Mike, I think it would be pretty cool. If I got to the end of my life, and this is the one thing that you could say. He prayed. And let God take care of the rest. That would be pretty cool. Are you with me? He just let God do it. No credit. We get no credit for it. It had to be God. That's how an army of 185,000 go down. That's how a letter of impossibilities. You spread it out before the Lord and you say, God, could you do something here so that everyone knows who you are? Everyone knows who you are. And God said, I can do that. I heard you. I'm going to do that for you. In the next chapter, in chapter 20, he gets sick and he's going to die. And the Lord sends Isaiah to him and says, hey, get your, set your house in order. And he rolls over away from everybody else and he began to pray. But I'm telling you this is this. Hezekiah was a man of prayer. And he set himself up for God to bless. He did what was right. With all of his heart, he did what was right. He obeyed the word of God. And he was put in an impossible situation. And he told the people, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I know they got a big army, but greater is he that is with us than he is with them. All right? That's what he said. I know they got a big army. I know we got a lot of reasons in our flesh to be scared to death. But I'm telling you, we got a big God. He's going to fight our battle for us. He said, Lord, would you do something here that only you can do so that everybody will know who you are? And God said, I heard you. I'm going to do it for you. That's how God does something only God can do. Let's break up and pray tonight, okay? We're in no 